What's up, guys, and welcome back to the Why Are We Watching This podcast. This week, Zach's addicted to TV, and Sean's helping him escape the Hellavision because we're watching Stay Tuned. Holy Shatner! <laughs> <laughs> What's up, guys? Hey. I'm Sean. I'm Zach. And this is the Why Are We Watching This podcast. Yep. This week, we're watching 1992's Stay Tuned. It's a comedy fantasy movie with a rating of PG. Yep. We're going to talk about that yeah, a little we are. bit. <laughs> uh, this movie runs 88 minutes. It was directed by Peter Himes, uh, who directed Time Cop, End of Days, and 2010, the 2001 sequel. Nice. Uh, this movie was written by Jim Genowine and Thomas Parker, who worked on The Flintstones, Richie Rich, and, uh, well, Jim Genowine by himself worked on The Mighty Wind as well, which hmm. I love those guys. Yeah. Um, yeah. Anyways, uh, this movie has an IMDb rating of 6.3. There was no listed budget, but this movie did make. There was. Oh, you found the budget? It was on there. Uh, I didn't see it on, I didn't look on IMDb. 25 mil. Ooh, they made 10.7 back. I know. Ouch. Yeah. That's rough. Unfortunately. Yikes. Um, was there anything you wanted to say? Oh, I oh, mean... I just couldn't tell. No. Okay. Uh, <laughs> before we jump in, the synopsis on this, a couple are sucked into a TV-based hell dimension when the husband takes an offer for free cable from a demon. Yeah. That's very core. But, yep. uh... That's it. So this movie, uh... PG, man. I watched this with my child last night. Yeah. And while I don't think there was anything that's going to stick with him, there was some language that I was surprised by. Oh, there definitely was. And I was like, I'm surprised this was even PG in 92. I'm, yeah, I'm surprised it didn't get a PG-13. Right. Just for language alone. Right. Maybe even like kind of violence because Eugene Levy's character is like attacked by wolves. At yeah. Point, so uh, hey, let's get into this. So we have John Ritter, R.I.P., but yes. also yes, yes, I love John Ritter. Um, you may know Dra- John Jane Ritter, <laughs> Jane. Um, you may know John Ritter from uh, he he was in a lot of movies and TV actually. Um, he was in the Stephen King It yep. movie TV. Or, I mean, uh, TV, TV movie. Movies. Yeah. Um, I forgot who he played. Was he Richie? No, he was the chubbier one. That's right, yeah. yeah. Um, he was in Bad Santa, although I don't really remember him that, but I haven't, I've seen that, like, once. Yeah, me either. I don't know. Um, Bride of Chucky. Yep. Sling Blade. Oh, yeah. And uh, Noises Off. And that's just, like, kind of some of the bigger ones. Yep. The Problem Child uh, franchise, which apparently Zach was not familiar with. But I'm I, not. That's what I remember him from. Um, he was also on Scrubs, King of the Hill. Uh, I know I first, like, realized who he was from Eight Simple Rules, mm-hmm. which then I started watching Three's Company. Three's Company is what I was going to say. That's yeah, the big one, too. That's the big one. And he was actually on an episode of uh, Tales from the Crypt. Yeah, that's funny. But there's a lot of actors that made appearances yeah. on Tales from the I mean, that's that's their thing. Right. Um, but it's cool that he's one of them. Absolutely. We uh, we have Pam Dubar, who she did some television acting. I didn't look into hers. I'm not familiar with her. But she was, I think uh, she was on a show. I liked a her, though. 
Me too. And that's why I was surprised that she wasn't in a lot of stuff. She's pretty. Very pretty. Um, we have Eugene Levy, who I brought up. Uh, yes. As is, soon as I saw him in the movie, I was so stoked. This is uh, Steve's dad in American Pie. Uh, yeah. He's in, like, all of the, uh, like... Uh, no, not Steve. Or what's the main character's name? G- not Steve, uh, guys, that's Stifler. Uh, Jim. It's Jim's dad. Jim. Uh, Jimbo? God, he's in a lot of stuff, though. Oh, I know. Uh, Shit's Creek. That's what, I, that's what yeah. he's in now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. his son. Uh, we have Eric King, who I didn't recognize in this right away, but is apparently, um, he's in Dexter. He's like the cop that recognizes him in Dexter. I know you didn't watch Yeah, Dexter, I didn't but. watch Dexter, so I wouldn't know. But he seemed familiar, and he was pretty good in it, too. I liked him in this, yeah. He, he didn't have that many parts, but yeah, he was... He got so jacked, and he's bald. Yeah, I know. I saw, his, like, Whoa. I saw his like newer picture. This was definitely like early on in his career, I oh, think. Oh, absolutely. Um, and we also have, unfortunately, Jeffrey Jones. <laughs> he's unfortunately part of our alumni. Dude, I... He's like the reluctant alumni, like the dropouts. I know when I saw the when I saw the who was in it, I was like, "Goddamn, Jeffrey Jones!" He's I don't understand. What I hate even career... more is how much I liked him in this movie. Like his portrayal of this character was just like spot on. Well, here's what's funny: is uh, Landon when he came into the movie, Landon goes, "Oh, is that is that a bad guy?" And I go, "Yeah, <laughs> you know, he is a bad guy." Oh, and so I was like. Yeah, he's playing himself in this, essentially. Uh, a I guess, demon. but he wasn't doing any gross stuff like that. No, no, no. Um, so, before we get into this movie, uh, this was supposedly based on an episode of, from Unsolved Mysteries. Interesting. Did you hear about this? No. So, essentially, it, it's the episode is the Fish Springs Nevada ghost segment. And a man saw eyes on his TV that was powered off. Like, in the screen, mm. and, and then was immediately transported into the past and watched some people be executed. What? Yeah. And I'm assuming it was, like, French Revolution, because they do that kind right. of near the end of this film. Yeah, the show Off With His Head. Um, so before we get into this, spoilers? Spoilers! If you haven't seen this movie in the, what is it, 28 years? Yeah. Well, to be fair, I'd never heard of this. Either have I. But... I'm surprised by that. Me too. And I'm also, without giving away my um, score. my score, I'm surprised it didn't make its money back, kind of. Me too. And with John Ritter being in it, I'm surprised. Right. And with all the, like, the fan service in it. Yeah. And, I mean, we can wait till the end, but... We should. Okay. Yeah, we should. Um, this movie opens with a, an elderly couple kind of hanging out watching TV. The wife's nagging the husband as he made her some popcorn. <laughs> dude, but... everything he does. Dude, yes. So he ends up answering the door to a man in black who we don't see yet, but it's fucking Jeff Jones. He has an offer that he's not going to want to refuse. Very godfather of him. And yeah. uh, the wife ends up going to look for her husband and he's gone. And then she, is, uh, I'm assuming, gets sucked into... Well, we find out later. Uh, the satellite. It's kind of unexplained because she has this horrific scream as if, like, he was murdered or something or there was some sort of, like, strange creature. But Right, but then that doesn't really... Oh, maybe she watched him get sucked in. Maybe. Okay, maybe. Yeah, and then uh, she got sucked maybe. in. So we'll get into that in a minute because it's kind of a thing. We get static into the uh, opening credits, which I was like, oh, clever. Mm-hmm. Television, stay yeah. tuned, static. 
Um, and then we get like the corniest fucking music. It's like this Indiana Jones like meets adventure music. Yeah, totally. and I was just like John Williams knockoff music. Yeah, it reminded me of like Spaceballs, <laughs> like you know. Um, what do you think about John Ritter's character? He's Roy. What do you think about Roy sword fighting to the TV in the beginning of this movie? I was like, this is definitely like a family '90s movie. <laughs> Nobody would do that. And you I know mean, what? I might. <laughs> and you know what though? I immediately knew. Oh, like this is coming back. Yeah. And it fucking sure as shit does. Yeah. The, fight, the fencing. Yeah. Um. Yeah. Uh. There's something that happens in the beginning of this movie that's a little bit questionable. Yeah. Uh, I, I guess I should set up a little more. This. This married couple are obviously not really, like, connecting like they used to. The husband's addicted to television. Yeah. Um, and... He's having, like, a midlife crisis. Essentially, yes. And his only escape is TV. So, their son... Uh, he's, like, a... He's a genius. Yes, but he also blackmails his sister with a yes. voyeuristic video of her making out with her boyfriend. <laughs> yes, he does. Which is... Quite a bit problematic, in my opinion. Uh, yeah. Creepy. This is also, like, a really common thing for, like, 90s and early 2000s kind of What is with this, dude? Stuff. Uh, it's the point that he wants to get his sister in trouble, and he's, like, exposing her. Because right. she's kind of a bitch. But why did, <laughs> why did movies have boys acting like this so much at the time, dude? Like... A brain scan, we haven't done that on the pod, but that movie's got something very similar, which they end up, like, making, like, oh, it's okay, by the end of the movie, and I was like, what? And, uh, Monster Squad had some of it. Yeah. The, it's, the camera. It's just the whole, like, I'm gonna get my older sister in trouble thing, like, and, because they know they're gonna be in huge trouble for that, because it comes down to the whole, like, you know, like, parents with, with daughters. Right. Like, with your kid, you're not, like, worried that, like, if it's a boy... You're like, oh, I don't have to worry he's getting, about him getting pregnant and well, I was having to, like, shell out for a child. That is an old school, like, idea. Yeah. But, God, I, I get it. It's just so fucked. Like, I, especially in retrospect, is. right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, then Roy goes to work, but he gets, like, threatened by his neighbor in their Rottweiler. Yeah. Which was kind of a weird... Uh, well, uh, I mean, is it weird? No, it just kind of felt weird in the movie, You didn't like it in the movie? Yeah. I thought it worked actually really well. I get why by the end of the movie they did it because it ends up being kind of an essential thing. I just, I, I love watching John Ritter react. Sure. Okay. Fair. And so like it, this was, I was like, okay, cool. You know, we, we do find out in this kind of sequence that, uh, Helen, who's his wife sort of brings home the bacon and, yeah. and he's a salesman and he's not really a very good one. He's kind of a clumsy guy. Mm-hmm. Um, which I mean, his like preview case that he's carrying around with him ends up getting destroyed. It gets run over by a fucking <laughs> Mack truck. That, yeah. It was pretty, pretty funny to watch. Um, during that sequence, actually, one of the things that made me laugh is he goes to open it and knocks the dude's drink off the table. Oh And I yeah. was just like, Jesus, dude, pay attention to what you're doing. I know. It's kind uh, of an unfortunate moment. Um, so the kids, th their kids decide to take the, the weekend away so that their parents can have some alone time. Yeah. And hopefully rekindle their um, relationship. In this scene, John Ritter's wearing the dopest Seattle Supersonics hat. Oh, I didn't I really want see it, it. Dude. It's the green hat he's wearing when he's yeah. trying to watch the game. Yeah, this takes place in Seattle, Washington. Right. Uh, I thought that was pretty cool. 
I it's love cool. when the Northwest movies. Yeah, it's cool to see, like, oh, this movie takes place, like, close to home. Or somewhere that I've frequently visited because it's so close, right? Yeah, something that I'm like, oh, yeah, I know how that's like. Although they don't really, like, show you what, like, the city of Seattle's like or anything right. like that. So it's not like, it's not like you really get that. But it's still, like, just cool to be like, oh, that's over here. Mm-hmm. No, absolutely. Um, the The wife ends up breaking his TV. She, like, smashes it in, which is brutal. And then he sets a little tiny one up on top of it. Yeah. <laughs> it's that, like, tiny one that was in the bathroom. Right, right. Mm. And so then the quote-unquote bad guy, as my son said, uh, shows up, which is Jeffrey Jones, and he kind of makes an offer to over 600 channels, 666 channels. Right. Um, and a new television set for Roy, all for the price of his soul. Yeah, he mentioned some people would sell their soul for something like that. Right. And then has him go through this contract, but then he's like, I don't want to do this. Yeah. And, and then, then he, he gives him a free trial. A free trial, right. So. Um, Which I thought of another good ending with that. And maybe we'll get there. Yeah. I it's just kind of more it. of a dialogue thing, but. Oh, sure. It, it is at the end, so we'll uh, I'll hold on to that. Well, so his wife, his wife arrives home. And sees this whole new setup, and she just starts packing her bags. And I was like, I'm kind of with her, yeah. to be honest. Um, during this, we sort, of, we sort of start seeing how these channels are like messed up versions of shows. <laughs> which we're going to go through all of them at the end. I have all of them, but yeah. we'll kind of reference them as they go. Um, they all kind of made me laugh, though. And oh, I yeah. was like, honestly, I mean, this is great. Yeah, they're all really great parodies. Uh, the TV starts to kind of go staticky, and, and he realizes his wife's attacking the satellite. Right. And so he goes out, and they get... <laughs> yeah, which, let's talk about this big-ass satellite that just gets installed in, like, no time. Instantly, yeah. Which is funny, because my grandma, uh, or my grandparents, rather, had a big satellite about that size. This is like a, I feel like a military-grade satellite. Big. Yeah, it's huge. It's, like, all mechanical and, like, turns and stuff with controls. So, right. My grandparents didn't do that. It just yeah. Sat on the I don't ground, think anyone right? had anything like that in their yards, yeah. but... It reminds me of... It's such a cliche, kind of, because in Can of Worms, Disney movie, but a good movie, nonetheless, this kid uses a fucking satellite like that to yeah. send a message into space, uh-huh. essentially. You know, the kid genius trope as right. well. <laughs> uh, Boy genius. Right. And so uh, the bad guy offers uh, John Ritter... The click remote. That's what I yeah, immediately I was like, this is about. kind of a proto-click. Yeah, totally. Um, Almost. Yeah, so they end up getting sucked into um, into this, and the first channel they arrive on is, it's a game show called You Can't Win. Yeah. Which. They actually do win. Right, they do. And, and the idea is essentially like, you can win, but it's by accepting your flaws. Yeah, they expose you. Because I think the the winning question is um which was, one of you is seeing an ex-lover? Yeah. And, the answer and it was ends up it was each both. name and then both names on the last one and But it's smart because she says both we've been visiting each other. Yeah, she explains what their answer right there. Which is so. so like I was like, "Oh, that's sad." Like but also such a Spielbergian idea to have the parents. But it's still more wholesome knowing that Oh, I'm glad it doesn't turn out that Helen was seeing someone else because that's kind of what that led that to. Be. Totally, and I, I know I was like immediately I was like, oh no. With the exposition they give you on how they've been recently, like that's kind of where you're like, oh, that sucks. Totally. And so they kind of like they kind of bring that back from like the dark side in a way uh, by saying like, oh yeah, they've been seeing each other. 
I'm not gonna. I, I have a bunch of quotes, but I'm gonna wait till the end for those. I am gonna say at one point during like an ad, they say, uh, "Order now and you get your free copy of the Encyclopedia Satanica." Yeah, that made me laugh. That was pretty good. Yeah. Um. Essentially, we get like a little bit of backstory, uh, like Cabin in the Woods style, as to what's happening. Yes. Uh, which is there's my a control room. Comparison. It's like a TV control room. And essentially, these people have made their deals with uh, a devil. It's like Osmodeus. Or it's something. Meph- Mephistopheles. Or Mephistopheles. That's who Spike is. Right. Which is that's which so cool. Spike is Jeffrey Jones. Yeah, he's Mephistopheles. It was cool. Um, and yeah, he's essentially saying like they have twenty four hours to survive like this span of channels. Hellvision. Right. Hellvision. And uh, oh, was it Hellvision? I don't know. I just said, I think started it, saying that. I think okay. they said Hellvision, but I was saying Hellvision. Which I I have Hellvision. a feeling that was the original title at one point. Probably. And then they changed it. I think Stay Tuned is a better... Oh, I don't don't know. I like Hellvision. Hellvision makes it sound more like a horror movie, though. It almost kind of was, though, too. You're not wrong. It, like, is on the line, you know? Um, Something interesting I found out that I'm actually going to just say right now is that they're actually going to be adapting this into a TV show this year. Right. Did you see who was going to be working on it? No. I don't remember. So I don't I remember look. the names, but, but I did see that. I got kind of excited because it was actually like the news that day or something. Very like interesting, yesterday. dude. That's going to be cool. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, essentially, though, yeah, they, they have to survive 24 hours. Nobody really can do that. They say that one person has, but it was never going to happen again. It was a mistake. And that comes up because um, Eric King's character. Did you catch uh, The Seiden Bomb? No... Uh, Eric King's the... Oh, Eric King was yeah. the, the intern. Right. What was his name? It's like Wise or something like that. Oh. Uh... Uh, anyways, he is, he essentially brings up that um, someone did actually make it through under Spike's watch. Yeah. Um, or Eugene Levy's character might, but... It was probably him. Because he gets cast out, essentially, into a channel, which is where um, Helen and Roy go next it's northern over ex- northern northern over exposure and uh this is where eugene levy's attacked by the wolves uh and they hide in like this little wooden home and essentially they do escape this but which eugene levy's character uh crowley crowley yep yeah, right mr crowley too mm-hmm. uh pierce that's what it was eric king oh i'm sorry before they get into no- northern overexposure they end up in a wrestling match that's right, because they fight Mr. and Mrs. Goron. Right. Or Gorgon. Uh, I thought it was Goron, but you might be right with the Gorgon. Uh, Helen ends up saving them both, which I thought was Dude, cool. Dude, she beats ass. Yeah, she does. And uh, the next morning, their kids get home, and their son finds the TV and like starts to watch it. Uh, this is where they get into northern overexposure. Right. And then they fight the wolves, and they end up getting in this little wooden house. Uh, Eugene Levy fights off the wolves for them. <laughs> and uh well. They, well right and they end up sort of escaping we get a dunkin donuts box dropped into a frame so there was definitely some product placement uh and then the son's bike is actually sucked into the satellite yeah he goes to fiddle with the satellite it turns on it starts sucking stuff in and yeah his bike goes and then in he's channel surfing and he sees it and he's like no that's my bike not a bike like my bike that's my bike which uh 
Oh man, I can't think of the show that it it was like a Charles Manson. It was called yeah, it was like uh, the Mansons or something like that. And then there's like some that. kid that playing Chuck. <laughs> yeah, right. God. <laughs> but it was a kid like on a bike, and you don't, they didn't go more into it. Right. Uh, which he then the kid the son ends up start to sort of catching on to what happened to the parents. Um, would they? When they escape the northern overexposure, they end up in an animation that's very reminiscent of, like, Tom and Jerry. Yeah. Uh, I kind of liked this segment. It was Oh, I did. Yeah. And uh, it's funny, because essentially, the home that they're in, these mice, um, they get this uh, security cat that's like a robot. Yes. And it starts, like, shooting at them and, like, attacking them. And and she ends up, Helen ends up escaping again. Like, she really is the smart one of the two, even though he watches all the TV. Right, yeah. Which is a bit weird. So she ends up, that's weird to me because she doesn't want to watch, she doesn't really watch TV. Now, there's some funny stuff that happens in this scene that kind of made me reevaluate the way animation kind of is play, plays with, like, physics and stuff. Because, like, at one point this, this cat, this, uh, like, a, mech cat has a revolver like a six shooter and yeah. it's shooting like an automatic with unlimited ammo oh yeah I, I right mean, like stuff like that it just made me laugh. logic i was just like my god but <laughs> it's also loaded with a bunch of missiles at one point we see it's got a whole arsenal of stuff it's a pretty pretty high-tech piece of uh machinery we're we're talking about here definitely now essentially what happens is helen escapes through a mouse hole that is the static takes her to the next channel yeah, I love that the window was always like a like a static thing. I liked especially that when they were in Northern Overexposure, it was like under the snow, right? And he taps on it, and it's like a TV screen, right? That's it was like a cool TV concept. glass, yeah. Uh, yeah. So, but but he tries to escape, and this mech cat like blo- like blocks the door or the mouse trap. Yeah, it's just mouse- like a perfectly door shaped <laughs> like metal slab that it nails to it. They end up blowing the house up. Yeah. And the metal slab's still over the like mouse hole, but yep. then it just falls off. Yeah. Uh, the son does kind of pick up what's happening in this animation by watching it. He's like, oh, it's my mom and my dad. His sister obviously doesn't believe him because it's an animation and it kind of mm-hmm. doesn't make any sense. But then they end up jumping into another show. It's like a noir. Yeah, he, he cut, and he tries to like play it off like a noir, Roy does. Yeah. And he's such a like bumblebutt. Because he, like, drops his gun through his pant waist. Oh, th- that part was great, um, because she was like, uh, Mr. Nable, you dropped your gun again. And he's like, I know! Yeah. Uh, yeah, that, that bit was super funny. Uh, sorry, where am I here? He, he's, so he's, uh, one quote that kind of comes up is that, uh, he, uh, oh, he sees his business card. He says, we skip, we skipped something. Yeah, okay, so, I feel like we probably did. When they when he gets out of the animation of the the cat or the mice, he goes to Dwayne's Underworld. That's right. Yes. Which is on Saturday Night Dead. Yes, on H Oh wait, no, that was something else. So that was pretty fucking funny. Uh he escapes the hot poker in the eye cam after they do the like close up cam yeah. that hits him in the face. <laughs> that which that was uh that was a good bit. Right. <laughs> And then they really nailed the Wayne's World thing. Like it made me I laugh. almost was like I, I was a little disappointed. It wasn't Mike Myers and Dana, Dana Carvey. I'm surprised that they couldn't get them for that. But they do well, do something in there's this another that I was one like, where, okay. well, there's another thing they do where they still didn't even get like the people. Sure. Uh, <laughs> okay. Uh, he ends up escaping into the noir with that. Mm-hmm. Um, he's got to find Helen. God. 
And uh, Daryl also ends up saving his sister and her friends from being sucked into the satellite because they're doing like <laughs> cheerleading practice in the backyard. Yep. He goes out and sprays them with the hose. Yeah. It's so fucking funny. But I'm like, dude, they would have beat your ass. They wouldn't have just ran into the house like that. I mean, I don't know. Uh, but, Maybe in reality, but at the same time, it was, it was a different time. Now, during this, though, the sister does come in and they she ends up seeing their parents in the noir. And then is like, oh, okay. you're Yeah, not she sees her mom. Right. Uh, the parents are then like part of this noir gunfight, gangster gunfight in the club. Well, this is where we find, um, I think it's, uh, uh, oh, Murray. The neighbor. It's interesting because he plays Murray. He plays a guy named Murray the Gravedigger in another movie that came out a year later. Oh. So I'm kind of wondering if maybe it's the same character somehow. Like continuity type thing? Yeah, but it's, a compl- it's not like a sequel movie necessarily. Right. Um, Murray's Seidenbaum. Interesting. And yeah. Uh, yeah, he's like, I kept my remote. So I've just been. So one thing, though, that kind of is great about this is that um, when they're explaining the rules of like the game, the, the deal, um, that's when we see the Seidenbaums in like a, a Godzilla. Yes. Which I was like. Oh, that's cool. Right. Like, and they kind of hit everything in, he, like, TV pop culture. He escapes that? He does. But his wife doesn't. She does not. Why does she go? She gets stomped by the Godzilla creature. <laughs> and then, I love that. And then the Sidon Bomb name goes blank and says game over. Right. As in they lost. But then he... You didn't... don't see Murray after that, though. I was so confused. I was like, well, did he die, too? It looked like he kind of ran away. Which is weird to me because... Because of the way that they end up going with the two, with Helen and Roy. Mm-hmm. Because of Roy being the one that technically agreed. Well, and that's. We'll a, get into it in a minute. It, it, there is a kind of a convolution to his whole thing at the end. Right. It's weird. And I have another thing against it, too. So, um, but yeah, so now, so now he meets Seidenbaum again, which he actually, he was like, how do I know that name? And he's like, oh, that's right. That was my, like, my neighbor. I let him borrow my lawnmower. And he just heard their name on the TV because they've been missing. Right. Um, and uh, he's like, he's, he he actually says something. I didn't write it down, but he says something kind of like, oh, I, I totally get that. He says he just wanted to be a big shot for once. Oh, I see. Because he's kind of a mob boss. Right. And it's kind of cool. And then they go like real classic noir where another guy comes in with a couple of Tommy guns and is like, I'm going to take over your business and starts firing at right. him. And so and the, so that's where the big gunfight sort of breaks out. Um, during this, Roy and Helen end up taking the controller and they escape into the French Revolution. I think he actually gives it to him. Right, because he gets shot. Yeah. Yeah. And so that's, yeah, they escape into the French Revolution, which at this point Roy is in drag because he's yes. hiding. And uh, he ends up getting caught, obviously, but... <laughs> it's not... Uh, he doesn't get obviously caught, though, really, because they start both getting hit on by a couple know, of... Uh, but he should have been covered. Infidels, as they say. Right. Uh, the kids do end up uh, attempting to try to get their parents from this, like, hell of vision uh, But Roy gets caught and taken to the guillotine. This is when he gets, like, caught. Um, it's off with his head. This is interesting, Naval though. Marquis. This is interesting, because... Uh, the kid like transmits his voice into the television zone, right? In and order to try and talk to his dad, and everybody thinks it's God. Well, she, because Helen says, "Oh my God," and someone's oh, like, right, "They're oh, like right. God, God," and she's like, she plays on it, and then she's right. like, "Yes, God," and right. uh, like telling him what to say, and and so then Roy and Helen sort of use that to escape. 
Yeah, and it works. Um, and, and then at that time, because uh, throughout the movie, each channel they go through, you see the um, the clock ticking down for their 24 hours. Right. And this is where we get to zero, and they technically make it. And Spike now, is pretty upset over it. But this is also where it's revealed that Helen wasn't on the contract. It was just Roy. Well, so, yeah, someone brings up that he it was only him, and then he's like, oh, you gave me a good idea. He says something very vile, actually. It's... I mean, that's on the writers, but says something really terrible to this woman. And then uh, um, he, uh, yeah, he goes and says, he says, yeah, Roy's released, but Helen's staying. Right. And then that's where um, he, he essentially ties Helen to dynamite and puts her on a railroad. Yeah, we do a classic Western style, style. Um, which this is where Roy comes back uh, to accept the challenge, essentially. Um, in a, yeah, in a uh, Clint Eastwood fashion. Yes, very, uh, the man with no name. And he name. looks good. Yes. They give him, a, they give him, like, the, um, like, five o'clock shadow, but with, like, the, um, what do you, what do you call that? When, like, stubble? You, stubble, there yeah, you go. Yeah. And, now, yeah, John Ritter looked really good in this outfit, too. Just, I was like, uh. He's got the poncho and the, the cowboy hat. Yep, yeah. Now, they get into their gunfight, and, uh, Roy does get shot by Spike, but the bullet hits the remote control that's mm-hmm. in his, uh, in his pocket. Which, that's actually, isn't that in, like, a fistful of dollars? Uh, Something somebody like that? getting shot but surviving? Probably. Well, Clint Eastwood specifically. Yeah, but what does he, what does it hit? I don't remember. It's like He's a wearing, like. case or something? I don't know. Or I think you're, metal plating he puts on or something. I don't remember. Oh, yeah. There's that. He does that, right? Yeah. Dude, we haven't watched that in so long. Yeah. Like that's, isn't that almost. the lo- Lost Tapes? It's one of, it's like the first like couple episodes we did. Yeah. Uh, <clears throat> yeah, so the remote malfunctions and that transfers them into a different into a few different situations. But the first one is like so crazy because Spike is everybody. Jeffrey mm-hmm. Jones is everybody in the scene. Yeah, he starts becoming well. Um, I think they do the fencing thing. Oh no, 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 no! They get there because he's hopping yeah, yeah. through channels first, and this is where we get the three com- threes company gag, where they straight up just do threes company. That was so great. Yeah. That's uh, those weren't the actresses from it though. No. They were but lookalikes. He screams. Well, and it's, then... yeah, and it's great because they're like, "Where have you been?" Right. And he looks at the camera and goes like, "Ah," which yeah, is it's... funny because that's like such a that show thing too. Right. They absolutely. really hit the nail on like all these like pop culture references and like these types of shows. Now we get more of the fencing and then we get we get an entire salt and pepper music video segment. Yes. Dude. Yes we do. <laughs> Which is with not salt, bad. with I'm pretty sure it's the real salt and pepper too. I think so. And the song's not bad either. John Ritter's outfit is awful though. Well, he's once again donned in drag. Right. That's something I kind of admire about John Ritter. He wasn't afraid to do stuff like that. Whatever for the joke, yeah, absolutely. Well, and in Three's Company, the whole premise of that show was that he was only allowed to live with those two girls because they, the they guy told thought he was gay. Yeah. Right. So he had to always act a little fruity when. Uh... <laughs> that is not PC. Is it? Oh, I'm sorry. Eccentric. Flam- uh, flamboyant. flamboyant. I wouldn't yes. say eccentric. Um, You're right. <laughs> um, oop! Jeffrey Jones uses vinyl records like throwing stars during this Salt and Pepper music well, video. It seems like he's not aware either <laughs> that right. records are like flying at his head. It was odd. Um, well, I'm gonna spoil this line. Sorry, Spike, you're canceled. Which I thought, yes, he is or should be at least. 
yeah, John Ritter started cancel culture, apparently. Yeah, with Jeffrey Jones, sure enough. Right? <laughs> um, Roy does cancel Spike and saves Helen by using the remote to turn the TV off mm-hmm. while the train is coming at them, but that actually just pulls them from it. Yeah. Um, I guess this saves their marriage, but then their neighbor's Rottweiler is pulled into this pulled into the television network yeah um uh, roy mentioned something because uh, he says to the kids like uh whoever left the gate open is grounded and the dog starts running at him and then uh and then um the dog yeah gets sucked in which i thought was a little messed up but at the same time i'm like whatever it is but then we see where it goes and i'm like it's fine Oh, do we? Yeah. I feel like I remember it, but I don't know. So, we do, because we see that Eugene Levy is, like, in our, a suit of oh, armor. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, right. this is actually pretty important to Jeffrey the, Jeffrey Jones like, is hanging up on uh, That chandelier, chandelier where they did the fencing. And the dog is like, below the medieval. Yeah. Yep. And, uh, yeah, this is kind of important, because this is essentially where Spike... Uh, well... Eugene Levy's character, like, cuts the rope and drops the chandelier. He he makes this quip about, uh, funny of you to, or he says, uh, nice of you to drop in, uh, right. incidentally, um, and then he starts laughing, uh, as he cuts it down, he's right. like, he's like, ah, that's funny. Right. <laughs> Fucking Eugene Levy is just, like, so great. I, I love him in, like, everything he's in. Uh, the satellite does melt away, I should say that. Yes. And then we get a freeze-framed happy ending. Yes, we do. And that's the movie. Mm-hmm. Um, before we get into scores, let's run through some of the shows that we see. I have a list of all of them, actually. Mm-hmm. We have Three Men and Rosemary's Baby. Yeah. <laughs> we have Sadistic Hidden Videos, which is a play on uh, America's Funniest Home Videos. Right. Okay. Um, well, and I think it was a different show, actually. Uh, yeah, because it was weird. I mean, it's, it was, it's based on an older show that I'm not sure of. Uh, Candid Camera. I bet you is what it is. Uh, yeah, probably, I guess. Um, you Can't Win, which was the one that the game show they were on. I didn't, I didn't know what the, like... I, I mean, I didn't think that was necessarily, like, a spoof off anything. I think they're all spoofs on stuff. They uh, mostly are, but what would You Can't Win be? Uh, any game show? Well, that's what I mean. Right. Is like it's kind of just a collective. Like, well, we did a game show channel. It reminds me of Family Feud, which is ironic because it is essentially what the game they're playing is. is yeah, them having there being a feuding family. Yeah, um, I guess that was probably the idea, but they couldn't like they didn't want to be too on the nose with it. Right. We do get um Underworld Wrestling League. We get autopsies of the rich and famous. Which yes, I we was do. Funny. Uh, Max Hell, that commercial where the guy's in front of the speaker yeah. and it just blows his fucking head off. Yeah. Dude, I was like, that's brutal. It'll blow you away. Um, Northern Overexposure, 30-something to life, which that commercial was funny. <laughs> that was hilarious. Um, the Silencer of the Lambs, yes. which were masks for the children. Uh, did you already say Autopsies of the Rich and Famous? Yes, I did get okay. that one. Um, oh, Meet the Mansons was the one. Meet the Mansons, Chuck. that's what it was. Yeah. yeah. The Exorcisist. The the cartoon doesn't have a name. The exercises. That one was fucking hilarious. Uh, yeah, when she's like, all right, let's do head spins. And it looked pretty good. Right. Uh, different strokes. That was my favorite one, dude. That was so brutal. Because as soon as I saw the guy, he's like, my arm hurts. And he's like, oh. And then the other guy's like, oh. And I was like, is it, is it, are they having strokes? And yeah, different strokes. My Three Sons of Bitches. 
Yeah. That was hilarious. Yeah. Um, the home shoplifting channel. Right. I told you Dwayne's Underworld. Dwayne's uh, Underworld. Night that was a good one. Driving um, over Miss Daisy was one, too. That was brutal. Roy Nabel, Private Dick. Uh, the yogi, um, the yogi beer commercial, which we're gonna get. I have the quote from that one. It was a <laughs> brutal. You'll be just like your dad. <laughs> the Home Shoplifting Channel, uh, Off with His Head, which was a French Revolution uh, documentary. Yeah. The Western Show, which they don't have a name for it, but it references Three Ten to Yuma and The Man with No Name, which is the weird because I felt like it dollars. was mostly. Oh yeah, okay. Yeah. Um, I was like, it was mostly fistful of dollars. The HV1 News, which was the news channel. We had HTV, which was uh, the salt and Peppa music video. Right. Uh, there was a Star Trek The Next Generation spoof. That was yes. one of the ones where it was Jeffrey Jones was everybody. Yes. It was like the first one where he, he starts becoming everyone, where he says, uh, set phasers to torture. Right. <laughs> and uh, then that's where we get the holy Shatner line, yes. which is funny because they had him done up like, Picard. Oh yeah, because he was bald. Yeah, he's wearing so a, a bald, like a balding cap. So funny. Um, we have Roy as a crash test dummy during one of those car commercials. Yeah, which was brutal. That's a brutal thought, dude. Uh, the hockey game is the Angels versus the Devils. Oh, uh, I didn't get. Yeah, I was like, what's the connection on this one? It's just a hockey game. There's the fall TV lineup shows during the end credits. Yes, and I have those here. I have them all too. Uh, do you want to go back and forth then? Uh, yeah. Go for it. Uh, I Love Lucifer. Beverly Hills 90666. Uh, The Golden Ghouls. Murder She Likes. Fresh Prince of Darkness. Facts of Life Support. Uh, David Dukes of Hazard. Brutal, dude. <laughs> that was the worst one. And Unmarried with Children. Yes. <laughs> um, what are we going to rate this one out of this week? TV channels <laughs> out of five TV channels. <laughs> it's all you got. How many is your network going to have out of five uh, TV channels? What are you giving this movie this week? Um, what I'm going to say is that, uh, I was pretty floored by this movie and also upset. I haven't heard of it before. Um, you know, I thought it was, I thought it was really good. I thought the story was really well written. I thought all the jokes were pretty good. It, I would say it was a good family movie, but like, it was kind of more just like a good, like relationship movie. I don't know. Cause like the kids were in it and they were kind of involved, but I, it didn't revolve around them. Can I, um, let me comment on that. Okay. I think that that's something this movie, without giving away my score yet, this movie suffers from is it doesn't quite know what it wants to be. Uh, I mean, I think it does know what it wants to be. It's just that there's not really, like, a genre for that. Although I guess that is kind of common in, like, family movies where, like, the parents are struggling with the relationship and the kids kind of have to, like, help them make it better. Sure. Um, That's kind of a common thing I see, especially from stuff in the, like, 90s and 80s. But it's funny because the kids kind of help, but not really. Right. Really, like, uh, it's mostly Helen Meph- and Mephistopheles helped in yeah, a way. Right. So, um, but, uh, dude, even the special effects were so good. But, like, just the thought put into all the, like, the TV channels and the shows and, like, the, the whole plot of this movie, um, I really liked this movie. Um, and so my biased score is a five. Okay. Um, 
I'm actually kind of surprised by that. Really? I, I knew you were going to give it a, a high score. Yeah. I didn't know that you'd give it a five. I just, so, I don't, there's not anything that I'm like, oh, it was missing this. Sure. Uh, um, I think we actually, we kind of missed something, though. It it doesn't really, you miss the fact that uh, Roy kind of redeems himself and, and and he quits his job and starts a fencing school. Oh, right. Because part of it end. was that he, in high school, he was like the top fencer. Right. And that's why he had those swords. That's, and that's why they also make him fence Spike. That's also the freeze frame is him in like a fencing pose in yeah that's what it is right. but like it's funny you know and he has this redemption because the kid he's like where did you learn that and the kid's like oh i saw it on tv he's like you shouldn't watch so much tv it could get you into trouble yeah so right. like he learned his like lesson um fair you know I, um and i i like it because it's not i like that helen was the breadwinner and she wasn't like you know it this wasn't like uh I don't feel like this movie was, like, over-masculine or anything. It didn't feel, like, typical. Right. Sure. It didn't feel like, oh, you could tell, like, guys wrote this movie. Mm-hmm. You know what? Uh, here's what I'm going to say. Uh, I... That's so funny. My knee-jerk reaction was to give this movie a four. Okay. And I'm going to stick with that. But with that being said, I, there's not anything that I didn't necessarily like about it. it sure. I just... It felt like a four. Like, that just felt like the right score for me. With that being said, this movie is very Spielberg. It's very Joe Dante, mm-hmm. and it's very good. Yeah, and uh, for me, it just became an instant classic. It, and now this, I'm like, I gotta buy this movie so like I can have it. This to me is on level with like Monster Squad. Although I think I gave that movie a five, but <laughs> but they're both like good movies that are playing within this genre and kind of playing by the rules with the tropes, but still doing something fresh. Yeah. and entertaining. Agreed. And that's huge. So, yeah, I'm going to – I'm gonna, I'll, I'll give it a four and a half. Okay. I think that's a good score for this. <laughs> that's where I was sitting. A good movie. Yeah. I really liked this movie, and I was like, dude, this was a gold – this was like finding gold. So I, Like I would watch this again this week if someone same. was like, oh, I haven't seen that. I'd be like, well, we can watch it. I'm yeah, down. same. It's a good movie. I would watch it again too, and I might. And I think that – um, maybe that maybe I am biased because it does play with like mythology, religious mythology, which I'm interested in. Ironically, we were talking about before this, yeah. not even related, but yeah. just mythology. Um, it's a good movie. I recommend it to literally anybody. It's PG. And uh, yeah, I also recommend the, it. Other than the language, there's yeah, there's in- there's some language. Uh, one quote we get is, uh, "Oh, that's one clever pussy." Right. Uh, <laughs> um. Uh, Helen calls Mrs. Goron or whatever a bitch, and then she's yep. like, "I'm sorry, I'm sure you're not a bitch." And then she kind of turns out to be, and then Helen whoops her ass. So, yep. so um, um, she goes real ham, dude. She gets pissed and like seriously, uh, she grabs like a mic stand and like beats them both with it. Oh yeah, dude, domes a dude with it. Uh, <laughs> so my quote, I have some quotes. I don't know if you grabbed any. Um, I've got a few scattered in there, but I kind of also peppered them in throughout okay. so far. So well, I have a. I have a couple. Um, the first <laughs> quote I got immediately was uh, the wife saying needs more butter. Yeah. As soon as she gets like a bite of the fucking popcorn, yeah. needs more butter. Yeah. Uh, we have, hey, that way's a dead end. But then the car pulls into a fucking fire pit in the hole yes. in the ground. A- another moment where like the effects were just so good. Really good. I was impressed. All this the, is 92. All this, dude, all the CGI l- looked incredible. Yeah. It didn't look bad at all. I was so shocked on like how good everything looked. Um, that's that's another thing. I'm like, for its time, this movie like 
doesn't feel aged. Right. Other than the fact that, like, well, they played on the John Ritter being in Three's Company, and that's, like, an even older show. Right, Like, right. from, like, 10 to 20 years prior. Sure. So, I mean, yeah, if, if the show's... That's what I think, is this movie would be really... I mean, they're going to essentially, but it'd be really. I'm easy really to excited to see what this this TV series is going to be like. Me too. As I, soon as I saw that after finishing the movie, I was like, "I'm all about it." I'm stoked that I got to watch the movie before finding out that this is going to be a show. Too. Agreed. Because you know? then you're like, "Oh, I've got some context," but totally. The downside to that is that now you kind of have some expectations too. Absolutely, absolutely. So. Um, we have uh, Eugene Levy gives the line, "I'm already dead. Save her." When they're in Northern Overexposure, that was funny. Yeah. Uh, so uh, my doctors were right. Donuts will be the death of me. Which was uh, when they're in the animation and Roy like follows the scent of the yeah. donut and floats yeah. up to him. Yeah, and he says something. She's like, she's like, oh, how could you think about eating at a time like this? He's like, what do you want me to do? Find some oat bran, right, uh, or something like that? He's like, I'm starving. He also says for a mouse, you look pretty sexy. That was another part of the language thing that I thought was kind of weird. But yeah, uh, I get it though too. And you know, he's having. It's weird because he's the one that's so sucked into TV, but can't like grasp the fact that they're well he kind of does grasp the fact that they're in tv i guess but by the end of it yes but at the same time he's kind of just like reacting to everything he's like oh i've never experienced something like this which is i think the whole point maybe that's why i didn't think it was like perfect is i felt like he should have been like oh i'm actually gonna be great in this and succeed i mean he does but like not in the way that you would want him to i think but I like the dynamic that the Helen was because yeah. of it. it was, and it, what it comes down to is like leadership and survival skills. You're absolutely right. And it, she and even it, she even says like your leadership skills suck. You couldn't get us out of a t-shirt. Right. Well, and and it also took them both. Yeah. Together. Right? Definitely. So she does ultimately get tied in, and he does still become the hero of his own story. Um, now in Yogi Beer in the commercial for this, <laughs> yeah. the quotes I got the kid uh, going, "Give me another one, babe." Do yeah, his, his mom and like burps, and then the dad's like, "That's my son." Or yeah, he's that's, that's my, my boy. boy. Yeah, uh, you'll be just like your dad. Jesus, <laughs> Yogi dude. Beer. Um, and then my last one was I, I already said it was sorry, Spike. You're canceled. That was my last quote that I had. Um, yeah, um, one I really liked was uh, uh, Roy Nable, Private Dick. Well, better than being a public dick. Yes. Um, dick meaning... Uh, Investigator. Right. Uh, yeah. Private eye. Yeah. Is, it's D-I-C, right? D-I-C- or was it just... It's still D-I-C-K. Okay. Because I thought it was like... I don't know why that's what it was, but it... Well, if it was D-I-C, I would think it's detective in crime. Oh, Interesting. I always think dictation when I see DOC. Maybe that's it. I don't know. Um, yeah, I thought that was a pretty good one. And I, I kind of like um, paraphrased. Uh, I really liked Eugene Levy's uh, line at the end when he cuts down the chandelier. Right. I, I paraphrased it for the most part. but uh, You know, yeah, so I, I also don't think Eugene Levy was utilized enough in this. Oh, I think he was utilized, like, just fine, honestly. You might be right. I just... I got a spot in my heart for that guy. I, I do him. too. So and I thought, man, I liked all his bits. I don't feel like he didn't get enough screen time. Cause he ends up being in the, like the major channels. They stay the longest in except right. for the cartoon. Right. Which was kind of nice. It's nice that he wasn't in every one, but they well, did he, meet him again. He was essentially just cast out on his own and they kind of bumped into exactly. him. Exactly. Yeah, it was cool. 
Um, and I, <laughs> I like when he's like, it's all clear and like goes out and the, the wolf is on the fucking roof <laughs> and so it gets stupid. him. Yeah. So stupid. But then it's great though. Like, um, that whole scene I actually really enjoyed all the bits with them stuck in that, in, uh, North overexposure, Northern, Northern overexposure. overexposure. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I, I was kind of like, where are they going to go with this? Is this about to be boring? And I was actually like, I was like, this was actually really well written. I didn't think they spent too much time in any of the channels. Exactly. So. I, I agree. Yeah. Um, but yeah, this movie blew me away. Yeah, I, I'm pretty <laughs> pretty shocked that I didn't, I'd never heard of this one. Right me there too. With you. Yeah. So, this is, this is a gonna be an instant classic this is going in my vault this is like yeah this is like uh the why are we watching this like it's gonna be in the top 10 so yeah, far maybe I think. yeah which is easy we've only got like 50 fucking episodes <laughs> but um yeah cool well that is the that on that it is and with all of that being said go follow us on instagram and twitter yeah. Pod. and we we could use it um and if you're not already Subscribe to us on uh, the iTunes podcast app, Spotify, Google Play, Stitcher, and CastBox. We're on all of them. Yeah. Peace, bitches! Watching this.